she ain't thinking about no haters. She's thinking them instead. She's about business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about business. Hey there, I am Daithia Garns, the She and She's About Business, and you are actually watching a very special episode of the She's About Business show. This is episode 13 of season 4, and it's special because it's my first video episode and probably my only and <laughs> my last um, but it's also special because of the reason that I wanted you to see me and not just hear me. Um, I was hoping that by doing a video, you could hopefully really, really, really see and hear my heart. This message has been a very burdensome message in the fact that I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I've actually been putting it off, which is why it wasn't released at the regular time that I normally release the show. But the reason is, is many, many reasons. But I'll just start by saying, as a black woman doing what I do, a lot of times folks don't really want to listen to you. You know, black people won't listen unless you're doing something reality, TV-ish, gossipy, or then, you know, for the church folks, unless you entertain them and yell with a lot of praise the Lord's and amens, they won't listen. But that's not what I'm called for. Then you have the white folk who won't listen unless you are a Candace Owens type who is bashing your own people. And then they say, oh my goodness, she's one of the smartest black women I've ever heard. And I actually have seen that comment on some of her posts, more than once actually. Um, and then of course, white folks will also listen to you if you're an Oprah type who caters and gives away free stuff. Nothing against Oprah. But I am none of those. And I recently had a friend ask me when I was telling her about some difficulties and some things that I didn't really want to do. She said, do you want to be obedient to God or do you want to do what you want to do? And the choice was easy. I will always do what God tells me to do. And I am a mouthpiece for him. I write what he tells me to write and then I speak it. And that is what She's About Business is, is all about, really. It's just me doing exactly that. Helping women around the world heal so that they can be about their business in every area of their lives and achieve the lives that God actually intended for them. But today's message isn't just for women. It's also not for the white folk who want to clap and cheer when they hear another black person speak some truths about the issues within the black community, because my words are not meant to tear us down. 
They are meant to help us to heal and to rise. And most white racists don't want that. So please, if that's you, don't listen. This message is also not for black folks or white folks or races of any color, culture, or background who don't want to hear the truth. If you're a black person and you're not ready to hear some truth with love, please don't listen. Now, let me first start by saying that, of course, racism exists. Only idiots think that it doesn't. The CDC actually declared that racism is a public health threat. Yet we have many idiots, I'm sorry, many people who still want to say that it doesn't exist. Oh, that was back then. That's over now. We know it does. As black and brown people, we experience it. And black and brown people are the most victimized and hated people in the world. We all know that's true too. I would say in any culture, even if you're not of African descent, if you're Asian, Latino, whatever, the darker your skin, the higher your chances of being a victim, a victim of racism, a victim of systematic oppression in that culture. So we know that it exists. It's a fact, right? It's a fact. African-Americans have suffered emotional, physical, spiritual, and economic abuse on a systematic level. That's a fact that no one except an idiot would even try to deny. I recently watched the series Them on Amazon Prime, and though it was supposed to be a horror series, really didn't scare me that much, but the most horrific thing was that the level of evil displayed <laughs> against the African-American characters really is a true representation of how we were treated back then and still are today on as many levels as the abusers can get away with, right? They can't do everything that they used to do, but they still do as much as they can get away with. And I think that we have reached a place here in America where victims of all types, victims especially of racism are saying enough is enough. We are tired of trying to get other races to understand and we are tired of the trauma of it all, the brutality of it all. And we are tired of waiting for the next major incident to happen because there's always a next time. And, you know, I recently was talking to my son who's an, you know, he's a grown man and he's an amazing kid. Not a criminal. Right? He's a great kid. 
sorry. I knew this was going to be a tough message for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to push through it and I'm not going to cut any of this out because I need people to feel what I'm saying. And I asked him, why doesn't he go out so much? And, you know, we were just talking about the nature of the society that we live in. It's not safe for him to be out. And he feels that. So he stays home and he goes to school and he does what he needs to do for his family. But he's not fully living. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we're in a pandemic. Because this was happening prior to that. It started around the time that Trayvon Martin was killed. So we're constantly waiting for the next incident. And I can imagine as a young black man, that could cause some trauma and some fear and some depression. Because it does as a, as a black mom. So a lot of times when we attempt to speak about this to even other black people, we get pushback from conservative black folk. When we try to speak about it in a peaceful way, like simply taking a knee, we're called unpatriotic. And listen, I'm not here to argue about, you know, the whole behind the scenes. You know, many people say, hey, Kaepernick, you know, he meant to do this and he did this to do this. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about us regular black folk. We are trying to express the fear, the pain, and nobody's listening. When we attempt to do so in peaceful protest, we are villainized and grouped in together as one with the rioters and the looters. And we all saw it. The rioters and the looters were not all black. They were of all colors. Many of them were attempting to blame black people. We know, and everyone else knows, that many of us would never participate in destroying our own cities. And we admonish those who do that. We all know that there are good and bad people in all races. That makes sense. That's logical except that it doesn't to those who truly hate black people just because of who they are. They be believe that it's possible to ignore that fact, that there are some good people in all races, all colors, and they try to group all of us in together. We've tried pleading to the senses of those who say that though they are white, they stand with us against racism. But then... They do or say things that seem to contradict standing with us or even understanding our pain. And this happens a lot, especially in corporate America and in, you know, Christian circles or even other religious circles, I'm sure. Right? A black person who's a Christian and a white person who's a Christian should have so much more in common than the fact that they have different skin colors. But that's not always the case. So how can we justify that? But again, I want to be very clear now 
that I understand and I'm asking my people to understand that asking others to understand us is fruitless. They can't many times. And those who really do understand, they don't have to be asked. And I've known many white people over the years who did and who do understand. And I'm not talking to them, but I do call on them to use their voices for their people, just as I am attempting to use mine to speak to my people. And to all of those who say, you know what? But guess what? We're just one people. We're all God's children. (laughs) I wish that were true. And in a perfect world, it would be. And we could look at it like that. But we don't live in a perfect world. So please miss me with the rhetoric. It's not time for that now. It's time to be honest. Now, we watched racist become very bold under the guidance of our most recent ex-commander-in-chief. And so many people of color, many people, period, opted to vote in a manner that would rid us of that additional threat, even though we weren't really fully certain about the replacement. We simply knew that we were once again under attack and many made the decision to choose what they saw as the lesser of the evils so to speak because we are tired of being victimized in a blatant manner and let me be clear to say that no matter who is in any office this racism will still happen But the blatant stuff reminded us too much of where we came from. And I think for some people, the choice was just easy. Maybe they could have used some more education. Maybe they could have done some more research. That's true. They made the decision based on that fear. And for other people, it wasn't that easy because they had done the research. But they just did not want to be victimized anymore because we've tried all these logical, rational things and now there's a sense of being fed up. There's no way that anyone with a heart, a conscience, a soul could listen to the trial of George Floyd's killer and hear doctors describe how Mr. Floyd suffered terribly as he lay trying to breathe, yet dying on the cold, hard pavement. You could watch that and you could hear it. It's bad enough that you watch the video and still had such a cold heart. But if you can listen to that and think that this man deserved to die, he deserved that treatment that a dog would deserve better. A dog wouldn't even deserve to be treated that way. You have to be heartless and cold and evil. For me, the question just kept coming up in my head as I was watching the trial and as I was listening. What would make a man think it was okay 
to do that to another man, another human, not a dog or an animal, but a human. And if he had done that to a dog, let's be clear, white folks all over this country would have been in an uproar. And I'm laughing because I don't want to cry. But hey, it was a black man with a criminal history, a drug habit. He wasn't squeaky clean. So many white mouths and some black mouths like Candace Owens and many other races as well were either silent or defended the actions of this killer. All this is the reality of living as an African-American in the country where we were born, where we helped build, where we raise our children. And I'm being real. I'm not, yes, I'm crying, okay? So I'm not cutting any of this out because people need to hear this. I'm tired of trying to always be positive and folks want you to just shuck and jive, right? And be all motivational. Yes, I got you for that too. But there's some things that need to be said and they cannot be said in any other way than with the heart. Well, in my attempts to answer the question of what would make a man think that it was okay to do that to another man, I was reminded In my work, I deal with many people who have been abused and victimized. And I remember that many abusers, they abuse those who are already accustomed to being abused, who have already been indoctrinated with trauma and negativity and abuse. So those who they see as easy to victimize. And so then I started thinking about what makes Black folks, so easy to victimize. I mean, we're strong, we're intelligent, we're brilliant, we're beautiful people. We have our positive, great attributes, just like every other culture. But asking myself this question led me to something, a document that you're all probably very familiar with, but you should study more. And this document was introduced to white Americans right here on the banks of the James River, which is not even far from where I'm sitting right now today. And I'm going to just refer to it as the lynch ladder because that's how it's been passed on over the years. But when it was delivered, William Lynch gave it a speech back in 1712 to teach slave owners how to control their slaves by using fear and human nature to turn them against each other. And he even says so coldly during the speech, yeah, I caught the whiff of a dead slave hanging from a tree a few miles back. Just like it's an animal that you pass dead on the road. And then he goes on to say, you know, what a waste of free labor, that is, you know, that killing the slaves brings a loss to the owner and it it brings a loss to the nation. And he has a better way. You turn them against each other. 
turned them against each other. He actually said in his own words, which I even have a hard time repeating his words, but knowledge is power. This is what he said about you, black people. He said, I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than trust and envy stronger than adulation, respect or admiration. Make them envy each other. He went on to say, the black slaves after doctrination shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-generating for hundreds of years, maybe thousands. And that was in 1712. And here we are in 2021. And what he said means that we, black people, will continue to refuel and regenerate this negativity, this distrust, and this hate for one another year after year. And guess what? It's 2021 and we're still doing it. You see, if hanging the slave cost the country and the owners losses, because as he said, when you kill them, you lose valuable workers and then the others might revolt and try to fight back. Think about it. What more loss would setting us free cause them? Right? But they had to. But once we were set free, all bets were off. See? Because now they don't want to try to control us mentally anymore. They still do that. But now because we're free, they reverted back to the hangings and the killings and the lynchings and the other systematic things to keep us in check. See, so they pivoted and they changed their methods as they needed. They changed their methods back to killing us because we were now free. So they couldn't get us to work for free, so we will kill them again. But the key is that we never changed our methods back with each other. We never went back to trusting and loving and embracing each other. And that's why long before a white cop put his knee on the neck of a black man, a whole lot of knees have figuratively, emotionally, spiritually and physically been on our necks. But the worst ones, the worst ones of all are the black knees on the black necks. And we are still against each other. We have not come up out of that slave mentality. So if we mistreat each other still, how can we expect any different from others? And we'll go and we'll riot and we'll protest out in front of this, this uh, army, I don't know if he was a sergeant, this, this man's house because we felt that he acted out in a racist manner to a young black man. And yes, attention should be placed there. But where's that same energy when black criminals killed thousands of us 
systematically because within their system, within their gangs, within their way of doing things, that's what they do. Why don't we take that same energy and go and stand in front of the gangbangers headquarters and protest there? Why? Because the only document that we've come up with to counter the effects of what Willie Lynch put in place is the street code. <laughs> that's our document that, that many people live by. The one that's black people. The one that says no snitching. Really? Really black people. That's all we could come up with to counter everything that's been systematically put against us. And by the way, speaking of the gangbangers, where were you when Kyle Rittenhouse showed up ready for war? Where are you when the Proud Boys are ready to match your gunfire and are ready for war? I don't know. I don't know where you are. And I'm not condoning violence or war. But you go to war on your own kind for so much less. So, you won't snitch on black folks committing committing genocide, but you will cry and snitch and fight and picket the white folks who act out from racism. The person who recorded this um, army guy being racist against this young black man was a black woman, right? She didn't mind telling that, but aren't they both wrong? Shouldn't right be what you go with? Ask yourself, why do we know George's name, Brianna's name, Sandra's name, Trayvon's name, and all the other names that I can call out? And no, they didn't deserve to die and we should continue to say their names and fight for justice. But why don't we know the names of the thousands of black folks killed by black hands and black knees and guns in black hands? Why don't we wear t-shirts with their names? I've known people who've lost two sons and they were killed by black people. Not white people, not cops. Us coming together is the only thing that we haven't tried, people. Why do we continue to hurt each other? Why does a person like Candace Owens exist? A black woman who would argue that a black man who was a criminal in the past, but on that particular occasion, didn't have a gun, he didn't have a weapon. He was just a big, strong black man who probably intimidated the man who killed him. But he shouldn't be stood up for when he was wrongly killed by the police. Where does that self-hate come from? We just lost our brother DMX. And if you hear him share his story in a video of how a black man who he loved and trusted tricked him into taking crack at the age of 14. Why? Because one black man saw promise in a younger black male, and instead of loving and caring for him and nurturing him, 
he chose to try to control them. Why is it that we don't treat each other fairly, kindly? (laughs) To be honest with you, and I'm just keeping it real, trying to do business together, it's like pulling teeth. There's always a problem, some drama, always something petty, always someone acting out in jealousy because you're trying to do something other than what they're doing or different than what they're doing. They want to steal your ideas, just like Willie Lynch planned. That's why I move and I stay to myself and I work by myself. But that's not the best way. I want to walk with my people. You have a baby, even if it's number four, and black folks will cook up some food and buy you a little gift, but you open a business and they will ignore you, won't support you, won't buy a book you wrote, won't download a song you wrote, won't speak well of you in spaces that may bring you opportunity. And wait a minute, (laughs) if they do, well, hell, you now owe them, right? That's the attitude that we take with each other. That is the energy that we give each other. And then we expect other people to do and treat us different than that. This has happened to me so many times. And the people who really know me know that, no, it's not me. I didn't provoke it. It's just the way it is. You see promise in your sister or your brother and you try to use them, take their ideas, get them under your wing and get close to them so you can steal their knowledge. I've had that happen to me so many times and because I'm not built that way, I thank God that he gave me something more than that. And I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody, but I constantly try to support black businesses And I do more than try. I do actually. But too many times, there's always some issue or problem that blindsides me. And I end up hurt because I'm I'm being so naive and I never see it coming because I just don't think that way. But people like me, and I know many of you out there can feel what I'm saying and you understand what I'm saying. People who are are genuine, are especially not safe, it feels like, with white folks sometimes and with black folks a lot of times. And I'm sick of it. It pains me and it needs to stop. I would have been the slave that would have probably been killed because I would be saying stuff like this, trying to get us to come together. But for every Harriet Tubman, there were two of the twisted house slaves like Samuel L. Jackson's Stephen and and Django, just waiting for an opportunity to get the whip from the master, get the whip in their hands, and whip another brother or sister. I'm just tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the news. I'm tired of seeing us be so angry with white people, but not angry with each other for the way that we treat each other. The other thing that pains me is that when a sister like me 
chooses God's will and works to educate, motivate, and heal other people, nobody really listens. Like I said before, if I was doing gossip or talking about the latest styles Beyonce created in her new collection or what's you know going on in the hip-hop world, people would listen. <laughs> they would listen. But I don't care. I'm not going to do that because that's not what I'm called to do. And you don't have to listen. Like I said, if you don't feel this message, then I'm not talking to you. Keep it moving. In the meantime, while you're not listening, we just keep hurting each other. Our black musicians putting out songs and messages that hurt and destroy the minds of our children. Yes, some white children do listen to it too, but people... Please believe that those white executives who put those songs in on the airwaves, they are targeting black children. Any of the white ones who get caught up are just collateral. Black male gurus for months tearing down other black men, breaking up black relationships, I'm sure. I'm not even going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. He had no care for his brothers, but he was actually doing the same stuff that he was throwing them under the bus for. What a horrible way to treat your brothers. And even if he were a great guy who never cheated, he was still out of line for tearing down other brothers. And I saw that. So I never listened to him anyway. Plus, this is what I really do. I've been educated to do it. I studied it. I worked hard at it. I'm not just sitting in my car somewhere giving out bad advice. But anyway, I digress. He was doing the very same things, even worse than those black men that he came for. And then you have the other black male life coach who also has no training, tearing down black women. One of the things that as a life coach, I abide by is I will do no harm. When I'm before somebody, whether it be in person or in a video, my goal is to not harm them. I must leave them better than they were when they came to me. And they're tearing each other down all to make a buck. Then when black women speak out about that, you have other black men coming and other black people coming and saying that the black women are now trying to tear down successful black men. What? Really? Where does it end? You won't even let a sister or a brother over in traffic, for God's sakes. You give them the birds. You try to overrun them. It's bad enough the white people do that to us. Black families doing horrible things to each other, cheating, robbing, hurting each other. But you're angry about somebody else's knee being on our necks. And yes, other races hurt each other too. Yes, of course, the people that are going to hurt you the most are the people who are closest to you. So that makes sense. But the difference is that they don't have the fight that we have of having the world against us. More than anyone, we need to stick together. Not in some uprising but just in treating each other better or hush up about what everybody else is doing to us. Be the change 
that you want to see. How about you, my black sister, my black brother? How about you take your knee off of your sister or brother's neck first? How about you stand together against all threats against our people? Even the internal ones like genocide. You gotta address that first because healing comes from within. Stand against, you know, our misbehavior when you see us acting out the lynch letter. Educate each other and call each other out. Call each other to a higher standard. Call it out when you see black folks being petty and backbiting and reality TV show-ish towards each other and tearing each other down. Let's please work on healing every place where we are broken as a people. Let's please, please, please let's be the change that we want to see. Be the change that we want to see. And then maybe, just maybe, we can teach other people how we want to be treated. She's about business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about business. Yeah, yeah.